Hello and welcome to the Mike Davis Show. I must apologize to you. I promised you the triumphant return of Mike Davis, and yet here I sit in his chair. I am very sorry about that. I am Amanda, and I'm happy to be with you, even though I am a sad replacement for Mike Davis. I do have a funny story about why he's not here, um, and we'll get to that, but I need to make the money that he needs to fly home. So why don't we do that with some reads? Bozard Ford Lincoln in St. Augustine. Their goal is to make sure that your time and experience buying a car is stress-free, fun, and enjoyable. Bozard is a family-owned Ford dealership that has been in business since 1949. Bozard Ford has been the recipient of numerous dealer awards, including being ranked number one automotive dealership in the nation by Dealer Raider. Bozard Ford also has won back-to-back President's Awards, which is the highest honor given by the Ford Motor Company. Check them out today online, Ford. Uh, BozardFord.com, or you can head on down and get the Jiffy Burger at Ford's Garage. All right, we've got Ward's Ward Medical Services. They are the only local family-owned medical equipment supplier in the St. John's County area, trusted by local doctors and hospitals for over 22 years. Ward Medical should be your first call for everything from wheelchairs to home oxygen and sleep therapy equipment and supplies. Stop by their local showroom at 2435 US 1, just south of Walmart, in the Lewis Point Plaza. You can also call them at 904-794-9600, Monday through Friday from 9 to 5, from our home to yours, Ward Medical Services. I also have A to Z. A to Z offers free estimates and has been serving St. John's County for over 20 years in the construction industry a to z offers metal uh painted metal roofs for saltwater area homes with warranties for up to 25 years they also offer shingle roofs with warranties for up to 50 years they install tile roofing cedar shake shingles designer roofing and flat roof coverings recent job photos with materials and descriptions can be seen at a to z roofing and waterproofing.com so give chuck mccone and his team a call at a to z roofing and waterproofing for all of your roofing needs now i have land title of america clay i'm not going to make you do it land title of america whether or not you realize it when you refinance sale a sale or purchase your home there is a title company involved don't get stuck with some out-of-town title company who doesn't give a crap when you are faced with challenges stay local and choose land title of america just call or text Stephen Collins at 904-501-4481. He specializes in all types of real estate transactions. Land title, your local title company, insuring America's land one title at a time because they give a crap. And I saved that for Mike Davis and his return. But after leaving here last night, I get home and I'm chilling, I'm happy, I've done my part, I've done all of my solo shows um, without any career-ending mistakes that would get me fired and make it the last time I ever get to talk to you guys, and I'm just resting, sitting back. Uh, my phone buzzes, and it buzzes, and I look at it, and it's Mike, and it's Mike letting me know that a driver was supposed to pick them up, and the driver did not pick them up. And so they didn't make it to the airport and they didn't make their plane and they're staying an extra night and they were going to be flying home 
today. Um, I thought he was pranking me. So it wasn't even the flight getting delayed. It was him just missing the ride. The driver never showed up to take them to the airport. So then they were just stuck. Mm -hmm. They were just stuck. And so they're waiting for the driver and waiting for the driver. And then by the time they realize the driver's not going to show up, they can't make it. They miss their flight. So they stay an extra day. And like I said, I thought it was a prank. And it was not a prank. And he was, in fact, serious. So here we are. Clay, thank you for joining me. Say hi to everybody. I'm here today. You are are hiding incognito again. Very Carmen Sandiego of you. It's so bright in here. I can't can't (laughs) do the the, the lights. I'm sorry. Are you like powder? You can't can't handle light anymore? Did you ever see that movie? No. So Powder was like, I don't know if he was albino or what. He's like super, super pale. He had no hair. And he's like trying to integrate into the small town and everyone's treating him weird because he's different. And yeah, that was one of the things. He couldn't handle bright light. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely light sensitive. Light sensitive, especially now. But you'll we'll get it's you back to that. Because it's so bright. There's about a thousand lights. Yeah. I'm not going to count all the light bulbs because it'd burn out my retinas. Uh, so yeah, here we are. We don't know if, um, if or when exactly Mike is going to land. It's supposed to be somewhere in the middle of the night. So maybe he'll be back tomorrow. Maybe he won't. I, I've been strategizing to try and make sure that we have a fun trivia Thursday for you, whether Mike's here or not. So we'll see what happens, but I've got a travel related Question of the day for you. Um, in the comments, go ahead and put down your best travel delay stories. So if you have ever been delayed in your travels and you have a dramatic tale to tell, then let us know in the comments. Um, you can also send up any prayers or good vibes for Mike and Darcy as they try and make their way home. They got canceled on their original airline as a result of all this, and they ended up having to rebook through another airline or another connecting country or something so they're they're struggling but they're trying to get back so put it in canceled the on their airline yeah like they missed their flight i don't know if they just didn't have another flight with the same itinerary so i don't know if it was connecting country or what oh, but then just like cancel them they're like banned i don't know that they're banned and there might be a better story that we can find out tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow or next week whenever he shows up um, so do you have a good story about being delayed in travel, Clay? Uh, you know, I traveled a lot of my life, and the mm-hmm. only time I got delayed or anything was recently after COVID. My first vacation yeah. I took, I had to get stay overnight at a hotel in Atlanta. They just kept pushing the flight back by like, oh, it's going to be one hour. Okay, it's going to be two hours now. Okay, it's yeah. going to be three. Until they shut down and closed the whole airport and all the employees <laughs> left. And then they're like, oh, by the way, oh. we're canceling the flight. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I I like I saw the pattern of what was going on. So I went to the desk before they yeah. left and was like, hey, you got to give me a hotel or something. Yeah. we. My mom and I were trying to get to a bridal shower um, in the fall. And... We got there. We were there early. We were the only ones in the terminal. I think it was like us and maybe two or three other people and maybe an employee that was shuffling around on in the part of the airport that we were in. We were in Sanford, and I guess it's not very busy or they haven't, I don't know. We were in a terminal that was very uh, 
sparsely populated. And our flight ends up getting delayed once and delayed twice and delayed three times. And we were just flying up for the bridal shower. Like we were going to spend the night that night, bridal shower the next day, fly out that afternoon. So it came down to it that we were going to be delayed so late that we were going to be there less than 10 hours all totaled. And so we bailed. So that, yeah, that was the one that you remember. It seems like it's the new normal after uh, the end times that, um, <laughs> that like, it's just like, I haven't even heard of a single person traveling that wasn't delayed at this point. Yeah. After, after that, it's just like every flight now. I do have like some dramatic ones. I mean, I got canceled. The air, the airport got closed down in New York and my mom and I were stuck. It was moving out of college and the college dorm was like locked behind us. And we weren't allowed to go back. So even though we were 45 minutes away from the place I supposedly lived, um, students were like signed out and they couldn't come back in for a certain period of time. It's kind of weird. We ended up in a, a hotel and in New York and up north, they don't just have AC and heat that can work at any given time. They'll like commit to one or the other. And there was, um, like a heat wave. And so we were trying to turn on the air conditioning and all we could get was the heat. And we called the maintenance guy and the maintenance guy looked like someone out of American horror show. Like the first guy that you meet that makes you suspicious, but not like completely terrifying. But he was like, Oh yeah, you can just open the windows and let some air in. We're like, that guy's got a key to our room. He's advising us to open our window. Meanwhile, the hotel was like sunken down. So if we'd opened our window, he could have just like slipped into the window. No problem. He wouldn't have even had to like step over a wall. And it, he scared us. And so we slept with uh, knives under our pillows and a door under the door, the, a, a chair under the doorknob because we were afraid that the maintenance guy was going to come back. It was a scary night's sleep. Classic New York. Yeah, it was spooky, dude. And so we were spooked out by that guy, and we were like, okay, well, we'll just get pay-per-view. Let's pick a comedy. And in the comedy section was American Beauty. And we had heard that it was a great movie, but we hadn't heard anything about the contents of the movie American Beauty. And it was in the comedy section, so we're like, I don't know, heard it's good. So we watched that, and that was maybe the worst choice to watch outside of an actual horror movie because it was just super dark and not funny at all. I don't know where they it get wasn't off. It a chick flick? It sounds like a chick flick. American Beauty? Oh, no. American Beauty has Kevin Spacey in it, and um, he's, like, fantasizing about his daughter's, like, high school friend or something. It's so creepy. There's, like, all kinds of really gross overtones and undertones undertones it's not a it's not a great movie um and it's not a chick flick by any means um yeah it's kind of artsy that's when i learned that dark comedy means that they're using the word comedy ironically and it's not funny dark comedy is actually rather tragic (laughs) so we have some not so tragic topics to discuss today uh, so I'll let you choose your adventure, Clay. Again, right. you ready? Yes. All right. 
So I have found some palate cleanse that I will sprinkle throughout all of our topics. But our main topics are Feud in the House of Mouse, We've Been Lied To, Past the Tomatoes, Socialism Always Ends in Starvation and Genocide, and Flipping the Bird. Where would you like to go for our lighthearted topics? Flipping the Bird. <laughs> flipping the Bird. That's the only one I heard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was producing, so um, Flipping the Bird. Flipping the Bird. All right. We'll start with Flipping the Bird. My mom predicted that that would be the one you would pick. Oh, so She knows me too well. She does. She knows you pretty well. All right. You may have heard Elon Musk had put out a poll about, you know, if the world decides they don't want me as CEO of Twitter, then I will pass it on. And he's made an announcement making making good on that promise. He's made the announcement that he's going to replace himself as CEO with a lady by the name of Linda Yaccarina. Yaccarino. I think that's it. Surprised he didn't choose AI. <laughs> yeah, right. Chat GBT. <laughs> He's a little hesitant with AI, so I can I'm see. I'm sure he uses it. He just he's just warning against it. Yeah, there was um he was in an interview with a guy who was like trying to pin him down about his tweets. I and saw that on TikTok today. Yeah, about it's the Z word. Yeah, yeah. So talking about George Soros and yep. and all kinds of stuff and whether or not those tweets are good for business, and he quotes. He mangles the quote, but he quotes Princess Bride. But there's like this long pause and people were joking that he was downloading to Neuralink or through Neuralink, uh, yeah. the Princess Bride script so that he could quote it in the interview. Well, he did a terrible job <laughs> uploading that. Yeah. But no, I, I actually like that. How he took a second just to think about it. Yeah, yeah, I do too. It's like, oh, normally people would be like, well, what are you doing? Mm hmm. But. Well, he's not afraid of letting there be silence so that he can process something because it seems like he's actually giving his real answer and not just like the script he's been told. So, yeah, yeah I like that. I like that he actually takes a minute to process and formulate what he's going to say rather than just regurgitating something that's rehearsed. From now on, I'm going to count to 10 seconds before I answer. Right. Can you start that tomorrow? For no particular reason. <laughs> Ten seconds, Phil. Sure. <laughs> All right. So he announced he announces Linda Yaccarino as uh, the new Twitter CEO. She's taking over in six weeks or so. And R.I.P. Twitter started trending on social media. Do you have any idea why, Clay? Did you look at this at all? No, I, I didn't see any of that. All right. So... He kind of teased the announcement. I've hired a new CEO. She's amazing. She'll be starting in six weeks. So everyone's like, okay, it's a woman. Turns out it's Linda Yaccarino. She had interviewed Elon Musk not long ago. And some of her questions um, were a little made people nervous because she was trying, it seemed, to advocate for censorship and for heavier moderation and the importance of heavier moderation, the internet has done what the internet has done, and they've dug into her past, and they see that she was at the women's marches with the pink hats, and that 
I think probably the most concerning for the the widest number of people is that she's on the World Economic Forum like website. She's she works with them in some way. Wait, so he went the whole other way? Yeah. So it's like, why did you bother firing everybody if you were just going to bring in a World Economic Forum person in who has been in the, like I said, in the, the women's marches, which whatever your thoughts on that are your thoughts, that's fine. But she's also been recorded like doing wear a mask or get out of here campaigns and like she has spoken at the world economic forum. Like I said, there was that interview where she was, she seemed very warm to the idea of increased moderation and increased, um, censorship on Twitter as a platform. So people aren't terribly thrilled with her. I guess I should say there's a general sense that, this isn't a good call by by Elon Musk, and I'm kind of watching. Well, he probably was like, "All right, you don't want me? Let's see who's the worst person I could get." <laughs> yeah, so you beg me to come back? <laughs> yeah, knowing him, I mean, yeah. he doesn't care about them. Obviously, in the quote, he said he didn't care about the money. So, oh yeah, you know, he's known to take people for a ride. Yeah, so people are positing: Will this be the death of Twitter? Musk hiring this particular lady who has advocated for the reinstatement of moderation and censorship. And so that is flipping the bird. Some people have been sharing memes around of the bird oh, the literally bird. flipped upside down. You get it? I get it. You get my pun? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we made it through our first topic. So that means I'm going to palate cleanse with some fun stories that I found. Um, I found a list of the dumbest criminals of all time. Oh. So we're going to share a little little bit of those stories here or there. I've got the case of the liquor store Lothario. A Scottish shoplifter by the name of Aaron Morrison was picked up after pinching a bottle of vodka from the liquor store. It didn't take Sherlock Holmes or... Even the FBI, the illustrious institution as it was, to figure out who Morrison was. He had given his name and his phone number to the store clerk that he robbed from after asking her out on a date. Oof. Yep. <laughs> like during the robbery? <laughs> like while he was there. Oh my god! He wrote it down for her. This is my actual real name. This is my actual real number. We should go out on a date sometime. And then he stole from her. Well, maybe he was just trying to get vodka for the date. I mean, you know, maybe, yeah, he's sourcing supplies. He was thinking his chances were better than they were, maybe. I don't know. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that one. I liked that guy. All right. So that's Flipping the Bird. That's our palate cleanse. Where do you want to go next? We've got Feud. In the House of Mouse, we've been lied to, past the tomatoes, and socialism always ends in starvation and genocide. Oh, I like tomatoes. You like tomatoes? Yeah. All right, let's go to tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes claims to be a site, a space, if you will, for critics and viewers 
to express their thoughts and opinions on movies and TV shows. And then others can go to this aggregator and can kind of take the pulse of the average critic and the average viewer and decide for themselves if something is worth their money. But I have noticed a trend. There's been about six months worth of scandals with Rotten Tomatoes. Have you seen any stories about Rotten Tomatoes in the near recent past? I have not. No? No. All right. So... I've got a little list here. I just know every time I check it, it's like, there's no way that movie got that score. You guys suck. So, Rings of Power. There was a whole lot of talk about Rings of Power during the, what, the summer and the fall? Um, yeah, yeah, that's the Amazon one, right? Yeah, that was the Amazon one. It's the, it's not a reboot of Lord of the Rings. It's the Amazon bought for a billion dollars they're trying to produce five seasons of Tolkien content based on a minuscule amount of his actual writings. And so they're using, they're filling in a lot of blanks with whatever they feel is um, appropriate. And the way that works today, it means, you know, reimagining for modern audiences and people had opinions about some of the, the decisions that they've made and so as Rings of Power was coming out, they were getting blasted pretty hard on sites like Rotten Tomatoes. And it's an Amazon property, so Amazon was allowing reviews as well for a little while until the reviews were overwhelmingly negative. And there's like this magic percentage you don't want to drop below or else it starts to affect your income on it. And... People that were tracking these reviews and tracking the feedback on Rings of Power started noticing that the percentage would stay the same, um, but the numbers would change in a way that wasn't organic. And so you would start to see negative reviews start to disappear. You would think that these reviews are only getting added, that once the review is submitted, that review's there, and... They just, the numbers just get bigger and bigger and the percentage reflects what is being submitted. But people started noticing in real time while filming YouTube videos about this, that as they would refresh, the number of negative reviews would go down each time and that percentage would stay the same. So I guess they were trying to inorganically protect that magic percentage to not affect their bottom line. Uh, there was a lot said about all of the negative reviews. Uh, there's something called review bombing. Do you know what that is, Clay? Oh, um, yes. So, review bombing. You, like, make a post. Hey, guys, we got to trash this video or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, if for whatever reason, or for personal reasons. Like, if an influencer gets on it or something, mm -hmm. you can get, like, yeah. thousands of people to do it. Yeah, so you can get, like, some like celebrity with a, bad blood, Reddit. YouTube, some kind of influencer has something against this um, TV or, mo or uh, movie, then hey, let's let's trash it. And I guess that that has happened in the past. It's hard to quantify whether something is really being review bombed or not. And so I've got some quotes here. 
It's chronicled by The Hollywood Reporter. Many fans displeased with The Rings of Power and the editorial license of Amazon review bombed it on Rotten Tomatoes and other aggregation sites. So reviews were suspended on Amazon. You could still review on Rotten Tomatoes and Amazon-owned IMDb, but Amazon wouldn't let you review the the show for a while because they didn't want to see it. So they claimed that this was... This was a racism thing, and it was a misogyny uh, misogyny thing. So they were putting a more heavy focus on female characters, and they had had more diverse casting in some of the different types of creatures and beings in the Lord of the Rings universe. But they go on to write in this article, while the bulk of negative Rotten Tomatoes reviews most notably focus on issues with the show's plot and world-building... Hollywood Reporter found that many review bombers focused on the racial identities of the cast, citing examples, including one such instance. So they have a quote from one of these reviews. So you expect this to be like pretty, pretty dramatically racist, right? That's their hypothesis. But it says nobody has a problem with seeing people of color in movies and series and stories. But this story was already written and it should not be sullied. And that was their example of racism, which confuses me a little bit. I guess you can say sullied has a negative connotation, but I kind of read it as what's already written shouldn't be changed. I don't know. It doesn't look super racist to me, but they were accused. um, Rotten Tomatoes was accused of deleting negative reviews to try and keep pace with the positive reviews to keep their tomato meter percentage. More recently, we have Peter Pan and Wendy. That's one of the Disney Plus series that has come out, and I don't know. I have a story about bombing, review bombing. Review bombing? Okay, tell me. (laughs) Not bombing. Go. Um, So a couple years ago, I worked for a video game company doing Uh sound design and, like, making Mm -hmm. music and stuff. Um, And part of that, when we were about to, like, send out a demo, which we never finished, that's why I ended up walking away from the company, but... They were, they were kind of like scumbags, and they were like made all of us review bomb all the other games that were in development on this website. Yeah. Um, and then we had to like make fake reviews about our game. So like all the employees yeah. of the company had to do it, and it was like, okay, this there is was, how this stuff works, huh? There was a cosmetics company that got busted for that in the past five years or so. Some people started leaving the company, and and – they started kind of whistleblowing like we were forced to go on and review products positively whether we had ever used them or not. So yeah, I really so wonder. Agent boss was like, yeah, you guys got to say like something negative, but that's believable. Yeah. You won't get caught. It's like, oh. So there was also some allegations with the Rings of Power series that Amazon employees were being highly encouraged to go in and give positive reviews to try and outweigh some of the negative reviews, which they were calling review bombing. But I would think if it was review bombing, then they would have been, they would have included lots and lots of examples of these review bomb reviews, right? But they didn't. That was the only one. That was the only one they included in the article. And it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a smoking gun for, I just, Like, it just doesn't to me. So, Peter Pan and Wendy, 
they um, that is not been receiving good feedback like much of the live action reimagining Disney Plus stuff these days. And so in an unprecedented step, Rotten Tomatoes temporarily removed the audience reviews from public view for Peter Pan and Wendy. They completely disabled the feature. The numbers have been whittling down. There was a 12% um, score for Peter Pan and Wendy. And that was the lowest ranked Disney Plus series um, so far. And this is just in the past. When was this written? I think this is just in the past. Yeah, May 13th. So 12% is the lowest reviewed um, Disney Plus series on Rotten Tomatoes. And so there's Rotten Tomatoes monkeying around with things again. And then we have the Cleopatra series, the new Cleopatra series on Netflix. Have you heard about this? No. So I will preface this as I think there's lots of reasons why people don't like the Cleopatra. It's really just an episode. It's an episode within a series. So I guess they're doing a four-part documentary series called African Queens. And um, Jada Pinkett Smith is associated with this in some way. I don't know if she's director. I don't know if she's producer or what's going on. So um, she's associated with it in some way. And um, they cast a black woman to play Cleopatra. So Cleopatra, again, this is being marketed as a documentary series, a four-part documentary series. So Netflix, Cleopatra, was released on Wednesday. And as of me checking this article, it has the lowest possible score that it can get from an audience. It has a 1% audience score. And you, score? Or an like- audience score. So what a, an audience gives it, like a percentage to rate it, you can go 1 from 100, I guess, or 1 to 10. Um, I think it's 1 to 10. But it's got 100, or it's got just a single percent. And that is the lowest you can get for the Cleopatra series. And it's actually, <laughs> Netflix is being sued by a lawyer in Egypt for, um, for this series. They're accusing the streaming service of erasing the Egyptian identity by their casting choice on this series. And I don't know, dude. I mean, the person that wrote this article, so I have it here. It was Sarah Higdon. Since the Netflix show Cleopatra was released on Wednesday, um, it had over 2,500 audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for an aggregate score of 1%. The show had an average critic score at the same time of 11%. So it's not like critics are saying this is amazing and people are just hating on it because they don't like the casting choice or they don't like Jada Pinkett Smith. I don't think any of that helps. But... They've got over 35,000 reviews on IMDb with a rating of 1.1 out of 10. So it's, it's not good. It's not good. It's a docudrama about um, African queens. This episode is about the Egyptian queen Cleopatra. It's been the subject of much controversy 
um, for the aforestated reasons. Um, it's, it's not going well. It's wild to me that a lawyer in Egypt has sued Netflix over the casting of this series. So that is, that is past the tomatoes. Are you going to trust Rotten Tomatoes here on out? No, I never did, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I've, I always heard about Rotten Tomatoes scores, and I think I've pulled it up a couple times. But, yeah, I've, I've never relied on it. I definitely don't look at the audience votes. I don't look at critics. I would rather hear, I would rather hear from audience people, and then I can kind of dig into them a little bit and figure out who, honestly, I more listen to YouTubers that I know and like, and based on what their favorite movies are and what I know about what they like, that's, that's probably, if anyone's giving me a review that's influencing me, that's probably the closest thing. That does. I just wait till you or Troy or somebody tells me that's a good movie, and then I watch it. <laughs> well, you're certainly not waiting for me, because I don't go see any movies anymore. You've seen a lot more movies than I have. Um, yeah, if we're talking about historically. Yes, not like new movies. I yeah. rarely see a new movie. Yeah, in the past 20 years, I definitely slowed down on my movie watching. All, they're all remakes nowadays, so. Yeah. You know, I like the version that I saw when I was a kid. I don't yeah. need to see Spider-Man 18, you know, right? with the new cast. The I agree. Movie. And I feel like I was kind of tricked into being invested into the Marvel Universe through Endgame. Because, like, I just organically saw the Iron Man movies. And, you know, I organically saw Thor. And it was before they all sort of coalesced into just because they were big blockbusters during the summer and what are we going to see? So it was something Louie and I could agree on. And then it all coalesced as this big unit and you had to watch all of the movies in order to, to see how this whole universe was going to play out. And so after Endgame, that was the last one, right? I don't even know what you're talking about. The last Marvel, the last big Marvel where um, Iron Man, Thor... Um, oh, Captain America. They're I think, all like together. Yeah, the last big battle against Thanos. I think it was Endgame. At that one, I was like, "All right, I'm out. I don't have to care about any of the rest of these these movies again, unless I just happen to care about the character. I might go see it, but I'm out. I'm not building to anything else. I feel like you tricked me into to one. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> so." You're not a big Marvel buff? Obviously not. No. Can't say I am. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> All right. We've got Dumb Criminals, Palette Cleanse. So while I'm reading Dumb Criminals, put in the comments, Feud in the House of Mouse, We've Been Lied To, or Socialism Always Ends in Starvation and Genocide. <sighs> Melissa likes the way I said Tolkien. Yay. All right. I Let me find. She likes the way you said that last one, though. No. Maybe. Did I say it different? I thought I said no, it the not, same. Not that word. The last topic. Oh, socialism. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't have to be her first choice. She doesn't have to vote for it. All right. Do we want Anybody? a Bueller? Do we want a dumb criminal from Florida? Oh yeah, Florida man. <laughs> All right, so we've got a trio of thieves. They break into a home in Silver Springs, Florida. 
They're ransacking the house. They find that they have hit the jackpot. These people must love cocaine as much as they do. So they steal their stash, right? It's three jars. They steal their three jars of cocaine, and they take it to wherever they're calling home, and they snort the contents. Jars. The jars. They must have heard from... Huh? Like on their kitchen counter. I don't know. That doesn't say where they found the jars. But they must have... They snorted sugar and flour. They must have heard from the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial that, like, it's cool to store cocaine in jars, right? Wasn't that what Amber Heard alleged, that he had a a jar of cocaine on his coffee table? (laughs) Uh, I forget. That was good times. (laughs) Good times. All right. So they go home. They immediately snort. The, the contents of the jars. After they're done emptying the jars up their nasal passages, they discover that they were, in fact, urns, and they have now snorted the cremains of some poor woman's husband and two beloved dogs. Hmm, I guess that's why they just kept going. Yeah, maybe it was like that whole joke with edibles is like you take one and it's not working. So you take another and it's not working. And then partway through the third one, it kicks in and then you like want to die for the next two days or something. Yeah, they are just I I don't know what you're talking about, but yes, I've heard from comedians. I watch a lot of stand up comedy. I've never tried an edible in my life. I'm too afraid to now with all the stand up comedians talking about them. Never would, dude. Yeah, that'd be rough to to figure out that you snorted three urns. What do you do with your life? (laughs) Is that is that your rock bottom? Do you become like totally sober at that point? You're off the junk. You snorted three urns full of powder and nothing happened. (laughs) Nothing happened. Then you should know there's a problem. Well, there is the placebo effect. So like. Oh, I guess so. They must have thought something was happening at some point. Maybe it was just the rush of, we've got all this cocaine. And, <laughs> dude, how do you how do you explain that to your mama? When you have to call your mom, and I've got to go to my court date for snorting a man and the two dogs. That's a rough conversation. As a parent, I feel like that would, that would be a... A come to Jesus moment. I believe Barbara Jean requested we've been lied to. All right, so we'll go off to we've been lied to. All right, I'm going to read from a story for this one. It's it's in the sciency world. Got some definitions and whatnots. So let me pull it up. They're trying to sell me stuff. All right, here we go. Do you want the title? Do you want me to just launch in? Oh, go for it. All right. So the title is, Red Meat is Not a Health Threat. New study debunks years of junk research. They even scare-quoted research. All right. So let's dive into this because we've been told for 50 years that red meat is going to be the death of American society. So it looks like red meat isn't bad for your health after all. 
as a recent study debunked years of claims that consuming red meat leads to a host of health problems, such as stroke, heart disease, and cancer. Scientists at the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation analyzed past research that led to the demonization of red meat. They found the research to support this claim was very weak indeed, and they described the scientists as lazy. They go on, I quote, We found weak evidence of association between unprocessed red meat consumption and colorectal cancer, breast cancer, type 2 diabetes, and ischemic heart disease. Moreover, we found no evidence of an association between unprocessed red meat and ischemic stroke or hemorrhagic stroke, the scientist said. The Institutes of, let me read it because I don't like acronyms, the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation researchers continued that it's easy to find observational links between actions and outcomes. That whole um, correlation and causation argument. So, for example, eating a certain food can link to death or disease, but these studies were published in a lazy manner, the researchers say. As a result, these researchers came up with a statistical method that they call the burden of proof risk function, which is quantitatively used to evaluate and summarize the evidence of risk factors across risk outcome pairs. This gives researchers evaluating published data for certain health risks the opportunity to use this function to provide a one to five star rating system on the research. So this isn't like, you know, your BuzzFeed guy giving this one to five star rating. This is researchers who are then doing meta analyses of published research. So they're looking over lots and lots and lots and lots of studies. They're able to use this burden of proof risk function to basically grade the research as to whether they've met their burden of proof or not. So to continue, a one-star rating indicates that there may be no true association between the behavior or condition and the health outcome Two stars indicates that the behavior or condition is at least associated with a 0 to 15% risk in the likelihood of health outcome, while three stars indicates 15 to 50% change, four stars indicate 50 to 85% change, and five stars indicate a more than 85% change, according to these scientists. The researchers used this function on studies regarding red meat consumption and found that none should have garnered more than a two-star rating. That means 15% less chance it had any effect on the health outcome or less. Dr. Stephen Novella, a Yale neurologist and president of the New England Skeptical Society, said the evidence for a direct vascular or health risk from eating meat regularly is very low to the point that there is probably no risk. Yale researchers and president of the Skeptical Society says eating meat regularly, probably no risk. There is, however, more evidence for a health risk from eating too few vegetables. 
So rather than there being a health risk from eating meat, specifically red meat, there doesn't seem to be. There is a risk from eating too few vegetables. I'm guilty of this. The quote continues. That is really the risk of a high meat diet. Those meat calories are displacing vegetable calories, he said. So going forward, this team of researchers out of the Institute, let me get it again, Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. Going forward, the team says that they plan to have their burden of proof function on a freely accessible database. In addition to helping consumers of these research papers, our analysis can guide policies in developing, um, sorry, in addition to helping consumers, that's just you and me, just people that buy products. Um, their analysis can guide policymakers, so our politicians, those that are passing laws, and the unelected officials who are in our health services at the federal level in developing health and wellness education programs so that they focus on the risk factors with the greatest impact on health. Health researchers can also use this analysis to identify areas where current evidence is weak and more definitive studies are needed. So what do you think about that, Clay? We've been lied to. Yeah, I'm kind of happy to hear that, honestly, because I eat a lot of red meat. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I started doing uh, research into ways of decreasing inflammation and found that, you know, eating clean, processed, clean, unprocessed meat was the best way to decrease inflammation. Yeah, I read that too, uh, to the point of people go like on an all-steak diet Mm -hmm. and stuff, yeah. Yeah, there's been a number of high-profile individuals that have gone full carnivore and then work towards adding vegetables back in. So... Again, that correlation causation thing, they're saying that it wasn't the meat that people were consuming that was negatively impacting health outcomes. They were saying that it looks like it was the fact that meat was replacing vegetables at too high a percentage and that it was the lack of vegetables that were causing, not the meat, the lack of vegetables that were causing the the issue. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I would believe that it's mostly carbs that contribute to a negative diet. Yeah, I mean... Like sugar and stuff. For sure. The more processed the food, the the less healthy I feel like it is for you. So I looked up the abstract of this um, Institute of Health and Metrics and Evaluation. And in the abstract, it says, while there is some evidence that eating unprocessed red meat is associated with increased risk of disease incidence and mortality, it is weak and insufficient to make stronger or more conclusive recommendations. So they're saying there's stuff out there that you can find. It's just not strong enough research to be trusted as reliable to make any sort of recommendation for changes. More rigorous, well-powered research is needed to better understand and quantify the relationship between the consumption of unprocessed red meat and chronic disease. So unprocessed red meat stuck out to me. I read that a lot in the article that I read initially, and then here, here it is again. So I wanted to know what unprocessed red meat means. Like, are we talking liver king style raw liver? Like, I wanted to know. 
So I looked it up. Harvard researchers defined unprocessed red meat as any unprocessed meat from beef, lamb, or pork. It excludes poultry. So poultry isn't included in that. Um, Fish isn't. So it's beef, lamb, or pork. Processed meat is defined as any meat preserved by smoking, curing, or salting. So you could do that, or you could use chemical preservation methods. Um, The examples of processed meat is bacon, salami, sausages, hot dogs, deli meat, luncheon meat, that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about the fact that meat's been deemed good for you. Yeah. Or at the very least, not bad for you. I'm glad that science is kind of catching up with that. Yeah, I'm glad there's skeptics out there. Yeah, there's a president. Be skeptical. There's a president of a skeptical society. Yeah. And he actually seems to be skeptical. It's not an ironic title. <laughs> yeah, people just, I mean, these days you make a study on anything and get it to go your way. Absolutely. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I felt like it was kind of a burn uh, that it was lazy science and weak evidence. And um, that kind of fits in with, have you ever seen, there's a documentary called Fathead. No. So there, this guy, it was kind of an answer to the, the guy, Supersize Me. Yeah, I saw that one. So the guy did Supersize Me, and there's this comedian that was like, okay, well, duh, you're going to gain weight if you go from a vegan eating like 1,300 calories a day to supersizing every meal out of McDonald's. Like, duh, you're going to gain weight, and duh, a drastic dietary change of that nature would negatively impact your energy and the way your gut feels like that's just that just seems kind of obvious so he thought that um inferences were being made that weren't warranted so he wanted to see as a comedian who frequently eats fast food if he could exist on fat fast food for a month only fast food for a month, what it would do for his health numbers, since that was more within the the normal realm of his diet. And his doctor got kind of annoyed because, like, his cholesterol actually improved. (laughs) And he didn't only eat, like, salads from McDonald's and salads from Chick-fil-A. He did eat burgers. He He did eat all sorts of, you know, bad stuff. But he's like, I have a brain, so I decided that I wasn't going to just robotically supersize everything and try and stuff my face every last crumb and every last drop that I would only supersize if they asked me. Um, I think that's what it was. That was from Supersize Me. Okay, so that supersized me. So he was like, yes, if they asked him. He was like, I have a brain, so I'm only going to supersize if I want to. Not because someone used the power of persuasion to convince me. So, that, yeah. That's the one thing that pissed me off about Supersize Me mm-hmm. was now when I order a Coke at a fast food restaurant, it's like by default a medium. And they don't even ask you if you want a large or anything. Yeah. I don't think Supersize exists anymore. And yeah. I, like, I have to specify now that I want a large. I think they bumped up. Like the baseline ounces, oh. 
and they took away the super size option. So I think the large just became like the super became large. I don't know. I could be wrong, but there was the there was that law out of New York also where it was like the the anti soda sugar bill that I think it was De Blasio got passed, and it was like oh it's a it's a sugar tax, and we're gonna tax you know soda drinkers and sugary beverage drinkers to try and save people from themselves because the obesity epidemic, blah, 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 we know better than you. The problem is the only way that you could define it for legislation was by sugar content of the beverage. And that meant that almost all of their super fancy 10 to $15 Starbucks drinks suddenly were taxed as well and you it eliminated large sizes it put an ounce it it added a tax and it put an ounce restriction so you could no longer get your super giant mega sugary starbucks coffee so uh it passed and it got implemented it went into effect and it died immediately once everyone was told by starbucks they couldn't have the coffee they wanted that's funny I saw um, they banned gas stoves in New York. Yeah, that's going to happen until they end up uh, not being able to get the super fancy stoves that their chefs want. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about it. Well, they banned them in any building below seven stories or something like that. Which Oh, so if you live in a high-rise, you can get a gas stove. So you can get a gas stove in a high-rise. I don't know. That bans it from all of the brownstones, though. Oh, is that like the old buildings? So like the brownstones or the the richy rich houses, we would call them like townhouses here. But yeah, um, it was just funny. It was on TikTok and it was like these um like they I guess they had a story on Fox and they were like, They're gonna ban your gas stoves and then like CNN and everything was like, Oh, Republicans are saying they're going to ban your gas stoves. They're not going to ban your gas stoves. And they cut to like 50 other news organizations saying <laughs> the same thing. And then it was like, today, New York passes a ban on gas stoves. Yeah. But only in buildings okay. above seven feet. So like. Yeah, seven stories. Seven stories. Yeah. That, that's what I meant. I totally said that. Yeah. Same All right. Thing. Same so I've got for our dumb, chem, uh, dumb criminal palate cleanse, we could probably end with a couple of these. Um, We'll go, case of the not-so-devoted dad. Bring your child to work day has become a long-honored tradition that allows children to see what's going on in the business world while also getting a chance to watch their parents ply their trade. One such crook brought his young son along with him on the job, which happened to be robbing a pet shop. He was caught soon after, minus one important detail. The only thing of value he forgot to steal from the pet shop was his son. Uh, he took his son to work, stealing from a pet shop. And left him? Maybe it was a trade. Maybe he wasn't robbing. He was just like, I would rather have exotic snakes than my son. <laughs> Maybe it was a trade. Not that that's better. He's still dumb. All right. Got another one. Coffee shop. We didn't get to socialism ends and starvation and and genocide. It was about a coffee shop. Spoiler alert. As two men waited in line at the coffee shop to pay their bill, the third cut in front of them. 
He threw a drink at the clerk and demanded all the money from the till. Temporarily surprised, the men quickly recovered and handcuffed the crook. Apparently, he had bum-rushed two police officers in full uniform to commit this smash-and-grab, I guess? Does it count as a smash-and-grab if he doesn't actually break a window? He just, like, breaks a drink on someone's face? I wow. guess. How are you going to rob something in front of the... It's like a, <laughs> there was a news story when I was at the news station, uh, Action yeah. News, and um, it was about this dude who punched a goose. And he was obviously, like, on meth or something, but he punched a goose in front of an, a deputy in, like, a park. I mean, have you ever been chased by a Canadian goose? <laughs> no, but this goose was just chilling, and he just walked up to it and punched it in the face. He was but settling a score. That's That story is hilarious because our, one of our anchors at the time, uh, I think he's still anchors there, but we had a new director, and he was like still getting used to the switcher, and um, so he punched up his camera by accident, and he was like, <laughs> so I'm sure people have seen that meme who lived Oh, I'm going to have to oh, look up that blooper now. Yeah, John Bachman was the anchor and he was just like and he noticed he was on camera and he was just like slowly lowered it. Whoops. Oh man. <laughs> that director was so upset with himself after Oh, that. I bet. He didn't fire him. It was it was all good. Well, it's he hard. actually it made Jimmy Kimmel um like bloopers. Yeah. So it was funny. So it's definitely on YouTube. I'm going to have to find yes. it. Yes. John Bachman. John Goose story or something. Goose story. Yeah. All right. Last one, and then we'll sign off. Recently, a woman in Fresno, California, was stopped at a DUI checkpoint. She was completely hammered, but she was also a people pleaser and wanted to be helpful. So she made sure to let the police officers know that her husband was in the vehicle right behind him, and he's even drunker than I am. Be a team player, guys. Like, don't be a rat. <laughs> Sorry. Have you ever been narked out by your friend in a DUI line, Clay? <laughs> not, not in a DUI line, no. <laughs> not in a DUI line. Narked me out, though. Man, that's just harsh. What is it? Snitches get stitches? Yeah. Do you have your revenge? No. <laughs> So, I'm not friends with him anymore, though. Well, that's revenge enough. Being your friend is In quite college. pleasant and enjoyable. Oh, thank you. You too. So we are going to have to come up with some kind of cruel revenge for Mike leaving us stranded for just forever. So think about that and let us know how you want to get back at Mike tomorrow. We'll see if he comes in. Right. You guys have a great night. St. Augustine, stay dry. It's stormy out there. Bye. See